course, the main part of the Slichis is the Yogimo Midas Harachamim. And the Gemara tells us in Mesechlis Rosh Hashanah, commenting on the Pasuk and Parshish Kisisa, the Hinei Anoichi Kores Puris. Oh, you can't hear anything? Open the. Oh, okay. That a Kaddish Baruch Hu made a bris, made a covenant, bris krusa with the Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim she'ein and Chayzus Reikam. Whenever one utters the Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim, he will never be denied. Kaddish Baruch Hu will always answer that tefillah. In fact, that's why they say for Hamanik, one of the Rishayim writes that after we say the Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim, we say B'Salachta Lavoneinu Chatosenu Chaltanu, because we are absolutely certain that after we said the Yud Gimel Midas Harachmim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will answer our tefillah, we have no doubts about it. Because it's a bris krusa to the Yogim Amidus HaRachim She'ein HaChaisus Reikam. The problem is, if it's a bris krusa, it is a promise, a guarantee, that Yibar gives us that we will never be denied after we say the Yogim Amidus HaRachim, why do we have to say it so many times? It should be enough to say it once. The Balai Musar give a marshal to this of a person who comes to uh, someone to raise money. And he knocks on his door, and he asks him for a donation, and the person says, look, you know, I'm already committed to other organizations. I can only give to people that I know already. I can't take on new, uh, new things. The person said, I understand, and he went on his way. A few minutes later, he knocks again on the door. So he says to the man, you know, I'm here for a donation. The man said, I just told you. I can only give to those organizations I'm committed to already. I can't take on any new obligations. He said, well, you know me already. I just saw you a few minutes ago. So now we know each other, now you can give me. And then we have that same experience at the night of Slichus, as we say, we knock on the door of the like those looking for a donation, for a handout. But why do we have to say it so many times? To knock so many times, go around the block and knock again and knock again, if it's a bris kusa. It should be enough to say it once. Why do we have to say it again and again? And the Shlach explains that it's because it's really not enough to say the Yogimim of the Tzarachimim. We have to internalize them and we have to resolve to put them into practice. This is already perhaps alluded to in the language uh, of the Gemara Mesech Hashanah. The Gemara tells us that HaKadosh Baruch was Mesatek Vitalis. He puts on a talis. He's over Lifnei Ateva, and he davens before the Amud, and he demonstrated uh, the Yugim Amidas Harachman. And then the Gemara continues, Kozman, Shi Yisrael Oisin, Chaitin, whenever Kaisa perform an Avera Yosu Lufana, I can say their Hazer, they should perform this procedure, Vani Mechalahem, and I'll forgive them. But the Gemara says, Yasu Lufanai, Kaseder Hazer. They have to perform this procedure. It's not enough just to say the Yugim Amidas Harachman. It has to be something we internalize and we commit to put into practice. Yasu lefanai kaseder hazer. We have to become a chanun, more of a rachum, more of an erech apayim v'rav chesed. Not enough to say it. The Ein Yaakov, the commentary in the Agadita, adds that that's why HaKadosh Baruch Hu was misatef betalus. He also performed an action of putting on the talus to teach us that when we say the Yogam Amidas Harachamim, it's not enough just to say it. We have to wrap ourselves within the characteristics, the qualities of the Rebani Shalalam and attempt to emulate them ourselves. The Alshech suggests that perhaps that's why, after the Chait of the Ega, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu uttered the 13 Midas Harachimim, after the Chait of Meraglim, we find only seven. 
in Parashat Shlach, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Kaddish Baruch Hashem Erech Apayim, Rav Chesin Osiyovim Afesha, Nakei Lo Yinaka, and that's it. Where are the rest? So the Al Shuk says they weren't prepared to put the rest into action. So Moshe Rabbeinu felt he wasn't able to say them either. We are only entitled to say the Yogam Omidas Harachamim when we are committing to put them into action. And after the Chet Ego, Kaiser was committing to put all 13, but after the Chet Meragam, only 7. And therefore Moshe Rabbeinu was only able to say 7. Marav Hashem suggests that that's why the Yogam Omidas Harachamim are only able to be said with Sibor. You can't say them if a person is davening by himself. It's really only if you're together in a group. And perhaps that's because Yogam Omidas Harachamim is somewhat similar to Shemana Esrei, which also has to be said in a group. We've discussed that in the past. However, the more of Hashem has suggested it has to be said together in a group because uh, we are, it's hard for all of us to commit to put all of these Yogim Omidas into practice. But we hope together as a group, I'll chip in one, you chip in another, someone else will chip in a third, a fourth and a fifth, and together as a group, just like together as a group, we can fulfill all of the Tariyag Mitzvahs, but not independently. So to, together as a group, hopefully we can implement all of the Yogim Omidas Harachamim, and that's why they have to be said together as a group. It's not enough just to say it, but we have to internalize it and attempt to put it into practice. That's the answer of the Shlach HaKodesh. However, and that's why we have to say it so many times, we're attempting to internalize it, not just to say it, but to, to commit to put it into practice. But what is so unique about these Yogim Omidas Harachamim that a Kodesh Baruch who makes a brisk rusa? It calls man that the klali says chaytim yasu the fun I can say there are seven imaychalahem. It's a brisk chutzah sheinu chaytus reikam. What's so special about saying these yugim amidus harachmim that guarantees us that the rebbeinu shalom will answer our tefillah? So I believe that perhaps the answer could be alluded to in the parsha last week's parsha, the parsha we just read yesterday, today, earlier in the day, because we always read parshas kisav the klalos of the teichcha prior to Rosh Hashanah, as the Gemara says. <coughs> In order to fulfill the statement of the Gemara, we hope to end the previous year with all of its kolos and to begin a new year of brachas. So as we ask by Shalashudas, how is it that just by reading uh, the kolos, so that dispenses uh, with uh, you know, the, our responsibility if we violate the Averis? How does that relieve us of the kolos simply because we said it uh, uh, by Kriya Satara? So Radamska suggests, we suggested one thing by Shalosh Shudas, but Radamska suggests in the Ferish Lema that it's uh, fulfilled based on the passing of Sefer Hosea, Unishalm and Parim Sfasenu. That it's because whenever we can't do one of the mitzvahs, at least if we read about it, we can't fulfill the Karbanis, we don't have access to a Beis HaMikdash, but if we say the Karbanis in the morning, Kedosh considers it as if we brought them. So too, we said the Klalas in the morning, Kedosh should consider it as if we brought uh, the Kalos who visited upon us, and the, uh, that should be enough. When the Shalma Parms for saying, the Radamska continues in classical Radamska fashion, and he says that the Kalos are found in two parshias, in parshas Kisava and parshas Bichu Kaisai. So he says, if you take the Rashi Tevis of Kisava and Bichu Kaisai, Kisava is Chof and Taf, Bichu Kaisai is Beis, so it's Ksav. We want to be Yod, say the Kalos Bixav. Not the Maisa, well, that's enough for us. However, perhaps uh, the way we are protected from the clothes of the Teicha by reading Parshas Kisav is not just to be Yoytze Bichsav, we read about it. Perhaps there is some message in Parshas Kisav which could uh, help us to transform the clothes uh, into Brochus, to somehow avoid 
receiving the punishment of the Klolos. We talked about by Shalashudas that if a person has Hakara Satoiv, that could, the mitzvah bikurim, one of the messages of this week's parsha that could perhaps help a person even transform the difficulties of life into things that are, that are positive stepping stones to improvement in the future. However, perhaps there's another subliminal message, the parsha's kisavoy, which can help us avoid uh, the klolos of the teicha. That is because the Balaturim notes within the klolos of the teicha, the Shem Havaya, the name of the Rebbe Shalom, appears 26 times. 26 times the Shem Havaya appears in the Klaus of the Teicha, and that's the same number of times it appears in the Shemana Esrei that we say every day. 26 times the name Havaya appears in the Klaus of the Teicha, and of course, the Shem Havaya is Gematria 26. So it's 26 times 20, or 26 squared. That's how many times the, Klala, the Shem Havaya appears within the Klaus of the Teicha. And the in many places. Quotes from Shem Shemir 26 times 26. 776, Gematria Ro'os, which is the same number of words by coincidence, the same number of words that are found in the Teichacha, is Ro'os, which means, of course, unfortunate uh, things. And it's a remiss to the Pesach and Sefer Tehillim, there are both Ro'os Tzadik, there are many people who plot against Tzadikim, who plot against us, Ro'os, Gematria 776, the Klolos of the Teichacha, Umikulam Yatzilenu Hashem. But the Shem Havaya, the Rebani Shulalam, can save us from all of them. The Shem Havaya can help us avoid the Klalos of the Teichacha. That's why it appears 26 times within the Klalos of the Teichacha, a subliminal message, how we can avoid them. And Rabos, Rabos, Sadiq, Mikulam, Yatsiganu Hashem. All of them can be changed by the Shem Havaya. The Megala Mukas and Parshas told us also writes that in the Bracha that, Yaakov Avinu, that Yitzchak gave to Yaakov Avinu of Ayitelacha, there are 26 words. And the Yitin also begins with the letter Vav, the Yitin and concludes Baruch with the letter Chaf. Also, Vav and Chaf, 26, the Shem Havaya is the source of Bracha. The Shem Havaya can help us avoid the Klolos of the Teichacha. How? What does this mean, the Shem Havaya? Why does it appear so many times? I believe what the message is, is that uh, the Torah here is teaching us subliminally by the fact that the Shem Havaya appears so many times is that we have to make the Rebbeinu Shalom the priority of our life. If we make HaKadosh Baruch Hu the priority of our life, that's what our mission is, so that a person can avoid uh, the Klalos of the Teicha, and that itself is the source of Brocha. This week's parsha, <coughs> Parsha's Kisavoy, so the Pasuk tells us that we uh, chose the Rebbeinu Shalom to be our God. As the Pasuk says, At we chose the Rebbeinu Shalom. The very next Pasuk says, Kaddish Baruch Hu chose us to be his Am Segula. By the way, why are we call the Am Segula? Maral writes in a few places. Because just like the Segal has three dots, so too we have three parts, with the Am Segula, because we're committed to the three dots of the Segal equally, of Torah, Avoyed, Gemilas, Hasadim. So Kaddish Baruch Hu told us to be his Am Segula. We chose the Rebbeinu Shalom, says Rashi, to be our God. The problem is that Kaddish Baruch Hu clearly chose us, right? Whenever you choose something, it implies you had other options. You went to, you know, 16 handles. There are many options you could have chose from, and you chose one and not the other. But uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu had other options. He had other nations he could have chose from. However, we just came from 1600, right? However, uh, 
what, uh, where else is the Rebbe Hashem going to choose? Uh, who else are we going to choose except the Rebbe Hashem? HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't have to choose us. He could have chosen another nation. He chose us. How did we choose HaKadosh Baruch Hu? We didn't have any other option. There is no other... We didn't worship idols. Idols are a waste of time. So what other legitimate options did we have other than the Rebbe Hashem? That's what the saying is on. How odd of God to choose the Jews. It's not so odd the Jews chose God. But we really didn't choose the Rebbe Hashem. We didn't have any other choice. There is no other God. It's ain't Oid Movadoi. So who else are we going to choose? So Moshe explains, it's not in the Josh Moshe, it's called in the Sefer Koram, which also has different terror from Moshe. So Moshe explains that what the Pasuk means is we chose to make the Rebbein Shalom the priority in our life. There are many other things that we're involved in throughout the day, throughout the week, that have importance. However, what it means is that we chose the Rebbein Shalom, we choose to make a Kaddish Baruch Hu the priority of our life. And that's what this whole period of the year is about, particularly the night of Slichus, is about choosing to make the Rebbeinu Shalom the priority in our life. That's what Chaydesh Elul is about. And that's what the Shem Havai is screaming to us, is teaching us, that we should make the Rebbeinu Shalom the priority of our life. In fact, we blow Shoifer throughout Chaydesh Elul, and of course in Rosh Hashanah. Chaydesh Elul is 29 days, Rosh Hashanah of course is 2 days. So it's a t- total of 31 days. However, there's always four Shabbosim. Shabbos is the Chodesh Elul. So we only blow Shoifer 27 days. But then, of course, there's Erev Rosh Hashanah. We don't blow Shoifer. We end up blowing Shoifer 26 days. Also, Gematria. Shem Havaya. Also, during Chodesh Elul, we say, L'David Hashem Oiri. Why do we say L'David Hashem Oiri during Chodesh Elul? So the Mishnah Brewer quotes from the Mount Ephraim that it's because... Um, the, all the Yamam Taivim of this period of the year are alluded to in that capital Tehillim. Ayri is Rosh Hashanah, Yishi is Yom HaKippurim, Yatsikas Kadosh Baruch Hu will save us, Ayri and Rosh Hashanah, we have an enlightenment, we're planning a course of action for the coming year, we hope to have you know, a, bright, uh, uh, a bright future. And then Yasbinenim Sukkah B'Yom Ra'ah, Kadosh Baruch Hu protects us in his Sukkah on that difficult day. Others, Eichmin Yatseris, Shifti B'Veis Hashem, Koi Mechaya, we hope to take the Hisairis of Yantuf with us throughout the rest of the year in all of our houses. So all of the Yavim Taivim of this period of the, of the year are alluded to in this capital to him, and that's why we say it. The problem with that is, is that it never says in uh, the Medrash, which says all these Yavim Taivim alluded to in this capital to him, never says, but therefore you should say this capital to him. If we would say every capital to him that alludes to some day throughout the year, we would say it on that day, we'd be very busy saying capital to him. There are many capital to him that talk about <coughs> other Yavim Taivim that we don't say on that particular Yantif. So why do we say the capital of David Hashem Oiri uh, during this period of the year. And in fact, there were those who were opposed to it. We mentioned a few weeks ago, the Vilna Gun and the Maizah Rav was opposed to it. He was opposed to it because he didn't want extra, it's a tirch of the tzibura, to start saying extra capital of Tehillim. So we're sensitive to that, so that's why we, uh, we don't say a Kaddish, at least to avoid the tirch of the tzibura, in between Aleinu and Ladavid, we don't say an extra Kaddish, because that just, you know, makes it take even longer. So we say Ladavid, but we don't uh, add the extra Kaddish. The Vilna Gaon was also opposed to Shira Malis during Aserasi Meitshuva. We're not going to go that far, but at least we shouldn't have the extra Kaddish. But there were those who opposed to it on fundamental grounds. They felt that it came from Shabtai Tzvi, and then others said, no, it came from earlier sources than Shabtai Tzvi. What is the real reason that we say Ladavid Hashem Oiri? So if you trace it back to its original source, the real reason we say Ladavid Hashem Oiri is because in this capital to Hillim, the name of the Rebbeinu Shalom, the Shem Havaya, appears. 13 times. And we say L'David Hashem Ayri according to all men Hagim who say it, they say it twice a day, once in the morning and once in the afternoon or at night. So 13 in the morning, 13 in the afternoon, it's a Shem Havaya. 
During this period of the year, the Shem Havai is prominent, Parashas Kisavu, during the Kualos of the Tarechachah and Tkiya Shaifar, it's a subliminal message. In Ledavad Hashem Eiri, it's present as well, and it's all reminding us that we have to choose to make the Rebana Shalalim the priority in our life. Of all of the things that were involved in many are very important, but that has to be our priorities to serve a Kodesh Baruch When a person makes his sole priority in life to serve the Rebana Shalalim, so then he is guaranteed that he will be answered. He's guaranteed. Because the Gemara says in Masechus Kiddushin that schar mitzvah al-maleka. A person doesn't receive reward for the Torah and the mitzvahs in this world. As the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, Chanan mushmartem as ha-mitzvah sh'anach mitzav chayoyim hayoyim la-asoysam Today we do the mitzvahs umacha l'kabal scharam we only receive reward for the mitzvahs later on in Olam Abba. So a person doesn't receive reward for the mitzvahs in this world. However, we find many psukim in the Torah, it is a, it's the Torah is replete with uh, rewards that we'll receive, physical rewards that we'll receive if we properly keep the Torah and the mitzvahs. The Paul says in Parashas Ekev, Ayoyim Shamayav, and Asati Gishmechem Be'itam. We receive many, many uh, physical rewards for keeping the Torah and the mitzvahs. The Gemara says in Masech the Shabbos, a person who's careful about tzitzis will be zaychah to a talis noah. If he's careful about mezuzah, he'll be zaychah to a dira noah. So we try to ask, what happened to Schar Mitzvah, Baha'i Amalekah? There is no reward for the mitzvahs in this world. And the Rishonim address this issue. They have different approaches to it. The Ramban has one approach in the Muna Bitochen, that if you volunteer a mitzvah, you are rewarded. If you do that which you're obligated to do, then there's no reward. The Rambam, though, in Hilchus Tshuva at the end, has his own approach, which is really adopted by many, many Achronim later on. And the Rambam uh, writes in Paratex of Hilchus Tshuva, Locha Aleph, the Rambam asks this question, and the Ramam explains <coughs> that a person does not receive the absolute reward for the mitzvah. That's our mitzvah Baha'i Amaleka. What he can receive in this world is if he makes his priority to serve the Rebbe to do mitzvahs, what is the schar for mitzvah? Schar mitzvah mitzvah. He'll be re- received the opportunity to do the mitzvahs again. Baruch will remove all obstacles and impediments that we have to keeping the Torah and the mitzvahs. Kaddish Baruch will make it easier for us. So if a person makes his priority in life to serve the Rebbe Shalalam, then we are guaranteed that that is, Kodesh uh, will give us that which we need in order to serve him. And that's what the first night of Slichus, the whole period of the year, is all about, is reframing uh, our priorities, that our priorities should be, uh, should, should be the Rebbe Shalalam. The Gemara says in Masechus Brochus that a person <coughs> should never ask for that which he needs from a Kodesh Baruch Hu without first praising the Rebbe Shalalam first. First, the person should praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then he should ask for that which he needs. And the Gemara quote is a proof to this. A pastor can say from Malachim, which we're going to say tonight, HaKadosh Baruch Hu listens to the song, and then he listens to our Bakoshis. The first, the person should praise HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and only then should he ask for that which he needs. It seems a little childish, right? Someone comes to ask us for something, they're praising us, you know, you're so wonderful, you're so this, you're so that, you're so this, you're so that. Oh, and by the way, I need something from you. So, you know, most people can see, if you're a mature person, you can see through that pretty quickly. It's kind of transparent. Here we are saying to the Rebbe you're so wonderful, you're so great, you're so this. Now, please give me that which I want. How does the Kodesh Baruch not see through this? So I think that the whole purpose is we say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is the song of praise, then we're going to ask for that which we want during Shemona Esra. We always praise the Rebbe Nishalai. We have Sukkot the Zimra before we get to the Shemona Esra. 
the beginning of Shemana Esra, we're praising the Rebbe Shalom. Only then do we get to that which we need. What we're doing is, we're not buttering the Rebbe Shalom up, we're framing. We're telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is why we need these things, is in order to serve you, because we appreciate how great you are. And that is our mission in life, is to serve you. And when a person makes that his mission in life, he understands, he internalizes the arena, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give him, he guarantees he'll receive reward in this world in order to enable him to be able to do that. And that's perhaps the entire message of what the Yugim Omidas Harachim are all about. The Sefer Yetzirah writes something fantastic. Sefer Yetzirah says, yeah, I'll show you. Sefer Yetzirah says that there are 12 uh, uh, sides to everything. Why? Because if you look at this box, right? So the top, let's say the city would be a box. So you have four uh, sides on the top. You have four sides on the bottom. You have four sides, four sides on the top. I'm sorry? Edges. Edges. Twelve edges, correct. Four sides on the top. One, two, three, four. And then four on the bottom. One, two, three, four. But you didn't count these two, right? These four, right? So if you count all of the edges of the box, you get twelve. There's twelve edges. There's the four on the top, the four on the bottom, and then there's, um, and then there's four on the sides. If you think about it, you'll see there's 12 edges to the box. So Sefi Yetzirah says that there's 12 sides to things. <coughs> That's why, uh, but the number 13, what does the number 13 represent? Sefi Yetzirah says the number 13 represents the convergence of all of these different points into the middle. It represents that which brings uh, everything together. So that's why the 12 Shvatim are referred to, says the Sefer Yitzira, as base Yaakov, as base Yisrael, because just like a house can be shaped like a box with these 12 edges. So the 12 Shvatim are referred to as base Yaakov or base Yisrael because it's like a box. But who is the one who brings them all together is Yaakov Avinu. So the Sefer the Gro writes in his commentary in Shira Shira, and based on this comment of the Sefer Yitzira, that the 13 Yudgim Omidas Harachim correspond to the 12 Shvatim with Yaakov Avinu in the middle. Yaakov Avinu was the source of all 12 Shvatim. You have these 12 manifestations on the outside. What brings them all together? What's the point inside that is the convergence of all of them? Of course, is Yaakov Avinu. That's why the Gra continues that we say, Shema Yisrael Shema Okeinu Hashem Echad, Kodesh Baruch is one. Echad is one. What's the Gemachi of Echad? It's 13. 13 means everything converges into one. Then the Gra continues. This is amazing. He says, Echad is also one. How many children were there to the Bnei Leah, Bnei Rachel? There were eight. That's the Ches of Echad. How many children were there to the Shvachis? There were four. That's the Dawud of Echad. And who brought them all together was Yaakov Avinu. That's the Aleph of Echad. They all come together, all converge into one. And I believe the reason why the Yugam Omidas Harachim are 13 is because it's teaching us that this has to be the center of everything that we do. Echad 13 represents all 12 aspects of our life, all converging into one, because this represents the center of our core mission in life, has to be the Yugimu Midas Harachim, has to be to emulate the Rebani Shalom. And in fact, the only time we find the number 13 corresponds to those things that we're supposed to make the essence of our lives. The Rambam uh, distilled all of the principles of Amuna, of faith, to 13 Ikre Amuna. And the Sefer Ikra masks. And the Rambam, he says, if you're going to distill the principles of faith to their bare essentials, we could even distill it further. Why do you break it down to 13? You know, there's many things we have to believe in. Why did the Rambam distill it to 13? It could really be all encapsulated in three things. And it's really the themes of Rosh Hashanah. 
The Sefer Ikram says it could all be distilled into Malchias. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world and he continues to run the world. Shoifreis, HaKadosh Baruch Hu blew the Shoifre, the time of Matan Torah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Torah. And Zechreinus and Scharvi Yonish, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching that which we're doing and will punish those who violate his rotten. So everything can be boiled down to these three Ikri Amuna. Why does the Ramam have 13? And the Shlach HaKadosh says this to correspond to the Yugamu Ikri Amuna, uh, to the Yugamu Midas Harachmim. Why do they have to be 13 Ikri Amuna? Because 13 represents all of the different aspects and sides to our life, the house that we live in, but everything has to converge into one. And to the point in the middle, that's the 13th point, that's Yaakov Avinu who brings everything together. This has to be the center of our lives. And perhaps that's why also we have the Bnei Yisrael quotes in the Mizutra Magid, we also have 13 Midas Shatarin Adrashas Baham, 13 principles to which the Torah is derived. They, co- they correspond to Yugam Midas Harachmim. We mentioned in the past that the last of the Midas Harachmim is Venake Lo Yenake. Baruch Hu will cleanse us and he won't cleanse us. So Gemara asks, well, HaKadosh Baruch Hu cleanse us or won't he cleanse us? And the Gemara responds in Erevin, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Menake Shavim, but he's not Menake Le'enam Shavim. If you do Tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will cleanse us. If not, he won't. So B'nai Soscha writes, that corresponds to the last of the Midas Shatarin Adrashas Baham, which is Shnei Suvim HaMachishim Zedzeh, Two psukim that contradict one another, the third passage comes to resolve the contradiction. So again, we have 13 meters that turn addresses because Torah also has to become the priority of our life, has to be the center of our life. In Amir Hashem, if we internalize the Yogim Omidas Harachimim, we uh, make this the priority of our life to emulate the Rebani Shalom and all of the things that go along with that, with the Ikri Amuna, with the Midas Shatarin Adreshes Baham. Amir Hashem HaKadosh Baruch should listen to all of our tefillahs, with Shmuel, Arina, and the Kodesh Baruch should provide us with all the brachas that we need in order to serve him. Amen.